This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 205. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of The Daily Diaries. I don't know why I use that voice, but it seems like I should. And I'm really excited that we're on our second week here. How did you like last week? I really enjoyed recording it and sending it out to everybody. I'm excited about this and really, really hope that you are enjoying it too and that you're getting some lessons out of it. So one of the questions I get asked is, what other podcasts do I listen to? And (laughs) I'm always like, I so wished that there was like this long list of personal development podcasts that I listen to because that's probably what y'all are looking for is in terms of recommendations. But alas, the only one I listen to, and I don't even listen to all the episodes, is Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. And I do like Cheryl Strayed and Steve Allman's Dear Sugar. Again, I don't listen to every single episode. I do listen to most of those. But... Oh, we also listen to the TED Radio Hour and NPR's um, This American Life. My son loves those. So on our way back and forth from swim practice, he and I listen to those and have some really, really great conversations. He's not a typical 10-year-old. I will say that. Also, okay, you guys, and no, I am not affiliated with the LA Times. They are not paying me for saying this, but have you listened to the podcast Dirty John? It's only like six episodes. It's similar to the Richard Simmons ones. What was that one called? Finding Richard Simmons. Did y'all listen to that one too? That was good. But Dirty John, my friend told me about it. My friend Lisa, I stayed with her in Brooklyn. She was like, she told me about it after I told her the whole sordid tale about my ex-boyfriend, the fake cancer guy, and which you will all read about in my memoir, which I'm embarking on. But I told her that story at her kitchen table and she was just like sitting there with her mouth mouth hanging open and she's like, this sounds like that podcast, Dirty John. I'm like, I've never heard of it. Okay, so to be clear, if anyone out there has listened to Dirty John, my story is not as crazy as that. Like that story, holy shit, (laughs) you guys have to listen to it. I don't binge on shows. I don't binge on podcasts. I don't binge on Netflix. My husband gets irritated with me because like we'll watch an episode of Ozark or something and it's a cliffhanger at the end. And I'm like, all right, good night. <laughs> it's like, are you sure you don't want to watch another one or five episodes? I just love sleep too much. I am one of those people that has to get like eight hours of sleep or else it's just not pretty. So I don't typically binge, but I listened to every episode in a day. So that tells you something. It was so good. And the very last episode is like a holy shit. I did not see that coming. So go listen to that if you want some entertainment. It's not personal development. But we all should take a break from personal development every once in a while. So in one of the later episodes from last week, I told y'all that – I was going to tell stories this week about ladybugs and my daughter, and those are coming, but I've decided to switch things around again. I I don't really think anybody was like over the weekend with bated breath, like waiting for me to tell the story about the ladybugs, but they are coming in a later episode. Today, I'm going to be talking about what I'm calling making peace with unfinished business. 
And for those of you who might be just stumbling upon this particular episode and you might be a little bit confused, I highly encourage you to start at episode 200. This is a month-long series that I'm doing weekday episodes where it there's all kind of a method to the madness. It's kind of like a training. I don't like to use the word training in what I do because I feel it doesn't feel right. Like what training for life? Like who needs to be trained in life? I don't know. So it is kind of this whole thing that comes together. So if you're starting now, it might be a little bit confusing. But you might remember last week in one of the episodes, I was talking about how you know, I had the upper limit problem and I my inner critic was freaking out. I was freaking out about just this book tour and the whole thing. My whole life was being up-leveled and it was pushing me hard out of my comfort zone, like face first on the asphalt pushing me. And I told you about how I was in the car. I was in a Lyft ride and I was get I got an email from my publicist that the Chicago bookstore where I was supposed to go the following week. They were worried about their January events because it was so cold. And then just, I think that was the day before I was supposed to have my book event in Brooklyn. And it was also so cold in Brooklyn. That cold snap was coming up the East Coast or it had already arrived. It was so freaking freezing. And I was like, maybe I should just quit. Maybe I should just tell my publicist and my team that I'm just done. I don't want to do it. It's not worth it. Let me just go home and go back to, you know, doing what I do that's safe and certain and all of those things, right? Well, I didn't quit. I went ahead and did the event in Brooklyn. If any of you follow my Instagram stories, you may have caught, it was kind of funny. So we get to the bookstore in Brooklyn. Thank you, Powerhouse Arena, for hosting me. And they have like almost like church pews set up in that bookstore, which is, it's kind of cool. And there's like six of them, like all in a row. And I was in the very back, you know, we got there early. I was there with my friend Lisa and my son Colton and we're sitting there and it's like three minutes till, well, no, maybe like five minutes till, five minutes till we we're supposed to start. And there's one person. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, in my Instagram story, I was like panning the pews and I'm like, look how many people are here. And then there was like one lady. <laughs> and at that time, I I did have a sense of humor about it. I was like, well, if this one person is here, then this one person is here. And I didn't get shut out. So we'll just see what happens. So we waited another 10 minutes or so and people did start to show up. Less people than had RSVP'd, but I wasn't surprised. It was so cold. Many people that I knew came. I have a lot of friends and connections from Soul Camp, and it's a, a an adult sleepaway camp that I was a speaker at. Many of those people live in and around New York and New Jersey, so so they came. and And I think at the end of the day, I didn't count, and I'm a really bad judge of numbers like anybody else out there I'm a really bad judge like if you you know like with the mason jar with the jelly beans in it and you have to guess how many are in there I'm always way off and distance I'm always way off Tupperware <laughs> what size Tupperware do I need for these leftovers I either pick one that's too small or way too big so at any rate all that to say I don't know how many people were there my son said there were maybe 20 people and every single last one of them was amazing, and it was it was just fine. And then the following week in Chicago, 
I was really pleased to see that there was a there was a decent turnout there. It was a small bookstore, the most amazing bookstore, by the way, Women and Children First, downtown Chicago. It's one of the last feminist bookstores. I think she said in the world. She might have said in the United States, but I can't remember. But it was so awesome. I bought tons of book, books for my daughter. My daughter was with me on that trip. And they had to get more chairs out, which is always very exciting. And I think that's the only one that I took a picture at, which that I'm also – that is not my strength. I always forget to take pictures, even though I had a reminder from my team to take pictures, and I didn't. I, I just get caught up in it. So anyway – all that to say, you know, could it have been better? Yes. Could it have been worse? Yes. And it's all about perspective. It ended up being phenomenal at, at both places. All right. So thank you for bearing with me and during that quick little update. So I'm going to jump into actually what I came here to talk to you about, making peace with unfinished business. This is something I had written about a couple of years ago when it happened and I had one of these like – landmark moments in, in my life. And I, I sat down to write about it. And I, I figured, you know, this would be a perfect time to talk about this. I called, as as you know, most of you know, I called San Diego home for 36 years. So that was 36 years of memories in this one particular area of that large city. Some of those memories were painful, but most of them were joyful and really everything in between, just like anybody out there. And in the six years I've been gone, every time I go home, I'm hit with this kind of agony. And for a long time, I didn't know why. Nostalgia is a tricky thing. It's a tricky emotion, I feel like. And this one was such a mix of feelings and emotions. I didn't know what they meant and if they even meant anything. Did it mean that I should move back home? Was I angry that we left? I couldn't make heads or tails of it, but I knew something was happening. During the summer of 2014, we had been gone for, I believe, two and a half years at that point, maybe three years. We went home for a vacation and we rented a house on the beach. And this particular area, Mission Beach, if you're familiar with San Diego, that area held many, many memories for me. And one day when we were we were on that vacation, I went for a run and as I turned my head to look down the boardwalk and there were other runners, there were skateboarders and early morning beachgoers, I thought to myself, everything has changed, but it's all the same. I had changed. I had evolved and grown dramatically since we had been gone, but it all looks the same. And for some reason, when I step foot into that city, there's a part of my heart and soul that remembers. There's a part of me that remembers it all. And maybe, you know, maybe that's what I was trying to get away from when we left. And I know that there's a lot of people I think that that do that, that think that geographically they can get away from their problems. When we left San Diego, I was at the end of my drinking career. I had just admitted to myself, my husband, and a dear trusted friend that I had a problem with alcohol. And I quit drinking and got sober about three weeks after we moved. So when I go back home, I feel like there's a part of me that still exists, like that part of me still exists over there, an old ghost of myself that's still confused that's still suffering and still lost and looking for answers and looking for a solution, looking for peace. So it begs the question, 
How do we make peace with our former selves, the parts of us that are still tormented, the parts of us that are still brokenhearted? And what I've come up with is this. I think it starts by not running away from the pain and struggle and problems anymore, looking at it all square in the face, getting curious about it instead of shoving it down into the sub-basement of our soul. Being okay with the fact that peace might need to be made. Sort of easing into it, like settling into your favorite chair. Letting go of thoughts like, oh, this is stupid that I still feel this way. I should be so much better than this by now. It's been years, et cetera, et cetera. Because as I always say, and I said it in my first book, time doesn't heal all wounds. Moving doesn't heal them either. And I'm sure as shit that pushing it all away doesn't heal us. It just puts it away for it to catapult back up when we least expect it. When we can dance with all of that, then the question becomes, who do we want to be? What do we want our new story to be? When we're so used to the story of pain and struggle, when we make peace with all that and sometimes walk away from it, what's next? I know for me, it's been simply having more compassion with myself, accepting that life is my teacher and I am forever the student, that my path is my purpose. I want to be a woman who tells the truth not only to others, but to herself, because yes, everything changes and it's all the same. Thank you, Ask Kickers. Thank you so much for being here. And if you want these in email format, they're actually blog posts. You can go and find it on my site. This one's at yourkickasslife.com slash 205. I'd be so happy and grateful if you shared it. And you can get the emails sent right to your inbox by simply texting the word kickass, that's all one word, to 444-999. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. 